Hello, listeners, and welcome back to Couple of Criminals. My name is Mariah. And my name is Anton, and we are your average couple reviewing your not-so-average crimes. Today's episode is number 12 out of a 50-part series that will be based around a crime in each state in the United States of America in alphabetical order, which means today's case will be based on a crime in Idaho, which officially moves us on to the I-States. This episode also officially marks three months of us doing this podcast together, and we have loved every second of it. Thank you to all you listeners who are here every week and support us with each episode. We don't really have anything exciting going on between the two of us right now, so we will get right into Anton's joke, and then he will kick us off with today's case review. The floor is yours, Anton. Okay, Mariah, what do you call a fake noodle? A fake noodle? Yes, a fake noodle. I have no idea what you call a fake noodle. An impasta. Oh my gosh, living the thug life. (laughs) Impasta. Yeah. All right, Mariah. So the case today I picked out for us is the one of Lida Southard. But before we get started with the case, I would like to go over some of the safest states to live in the U.S. Because we went over this last week. Oh yeah, the top four because Hawaii is number five. I actually have the top ten. So according to Consumer Affairs, these are the top ten safest states in the United States. And this was just updated back in March. Care to take a guess of any of them? Okay, well, I pulled stats from 2022, so it's possible that Hawaii is not number five on your list, but we will see. Hawaii is not on the list. At all? At all. Not in the top 10. And this is from 2023? Yep. Back in March. Well, sorry, listeners. My 2022 stats failed you, but I would probably say, I think Idaho's probably on that list. Correct. I would say probably maybe Montana. Nope. Um... Is Texas on there? No. Okay, so I'm going to go from 10 to 1 here. So number 10 is Virginia. Oh, we've lived there. I should have known that. Number 9 is New York. Are you kidding? Nope. 8 is Idaho. And then number 7 is Rhode Island. 6 is Connecticut. Number 5 is Vermont. Okay, well, clearly the Northeast states. Yeah, we have a, a thing here. Can you guess the last four? The last, like the top four? Yeah, the top four. Well, I thought Idaho was going to be on the top four. Idaho is number eight. Okay, well, Colorado? No, think of northeast states. Are you kidding? They're all northeast? They are. West Virginia? Nope. Number four, Massachusetts. Number three is Maine. I forgot when you said Massachusetts. Don't make fun of me how I say that. Number three is Maine. Okay, keep going. Number two is New Hampshire. Number one is New Jersey. I'm calling lies. Uh, I'm saying whoever published that is this from the is according, This is according to Consumer Affairs. Could be. I don't know. Don't know. Lies. So, all right. So now, although Idaho is a fairly safe state to live in, that does not mean it doesn't have a past of violent crimes. Lida Southard's reign of terror lasted for nearly six years, but it was not only in Idaho, but a variety of states. Idaho is mainly known for its delicious potatoes and its beauty in nature, But today we'll be going over one of the most historic serial killers in Idaho, but not only Idaho, but also the United States, as she is one of the first female serial killers in the U.S. Oh, just like the one that I did. Yes. Lida was born right outside of Kansas City, Missouri, where her family was very friendly with another family in town named the Dooleys. Lida's family ended up moving from Missouri to Idaho Falls, Idaho in 1906. Six years later, in 1912, Lida ended up marrying Robert Dooley on March 17, 1912. The newlywed couple ended up staying in Idaho Falls on a ranch they had bought with Robert's brother, Ed. They had a daughter together in 1914 named Lorraine. Ed Dooley ended up dying in August of 1915 due to a type of poisoning, whereas Robert ended up falling ill with typhoid fever 
and died on October 12th of 1915. Then just six weeks later, her daughter Lorraine dies from the illness as well. Oh my goodness, that's a lot of death. Do you know what typhoid fever is, Mariah? Um, well, I've had scarlet fever before. No, nothing like that. <laughs> so it's an infection caused by the bacterium Salmonella typh- typhi. So eating raw chicken? And it is commonly spread through contaminated food or water. Then it attacks the bloodstream and intestinal areas, pretty much leading to death. And at this time, they're... I mean, it's early 1900s. And they had they didn't have any modern, medi- modern no, medicine during this not. time. And I mean, nowadays we have vaccines for it. We get when we're younger, things like that. So when asked about Ed's sudden illness, she stated that Ed had eaten salmon from a left open can that was left open for some time. Canned fish? Canned, Canned salmon. salmon. Ugh. Then when Robert died, she gave the statement about how he drank from a cistern on the farm that was close to the barn, and that's how he contacted or contracted typhoid, which was the same thing that ended up happening to, with Lorraine. Lida married William McCaffle in June of 1917, and then she convinced her new husband to move to Montana. Just one year later, William falls ill and dies in Montana with flu-like symptoms. And this is her husband? This is her second husband. Okay. Occurring, and he dies on October 1st of 1918. And what did he die from? The same thing? His death was ruled as influenza and diphtheria. Now, I've never really known about diphtheria until looking at this case. Any ideas on what diphtheria is? Man, I don't, I don't come from a medical background. I literally have zero Me neither. knowledge. So this so is interesting, go ahead. right? Diphtheria is a serious infection caused by a bacteria called Coronibacterium diphtheria. And Sorry. just so you know, neither of us are medical. I definitely <laughs> pronounced that wrong, but... You can Google it if yeah. you want. And apparently this makes toxins. And this leads to difficulty in breathing, heart rhythm problems, and then eventually death, of course. So it's really a slow death from Pretty the much. body. Yeah. Yeah. Then in just a year and a half, this already twice widowed 25-year-old woman finds love again. And you can guess it. She gets married for a third time in March of 1919 to and, a man named Harlan Lewis. And she's only 25? She's 25. Except this is the early 1900s, so it is pretty typical to be married at a young age. Yeah. And so three times by 25, that's really not that the surprising. The thing is, is that she was widowed. But at the same time, around this time, divorce was also very frowned upon, too. But she was widowed. It. it wasn't She divorce. was widowed, not yeah. divorced. This couple moves to Billings, Montana, where again, her fault her husband falls ill to the flu bug and dies in july of 1919 yeah they really did not have anything to fight these no and so they were only married for three months when her husband dies her third husband her third husband dies after only three months of being married to harlan lida ends up yet again widowed for the third time she did not let this get her down though to find love she married again in august of 1920 in pocatello idaho and so she was living there now yes to Edward Meyer. Man, if she had a marriage resume, all the red flags, all yeah. these husbands that are dying. I mean, it's it could just be coincidental and bad circumstances, which it probably is. They they probably just died of the natural, you know, flu. Yeah. But to so, a man coming to look to, you know, betroth her, that's a, yeah. that's a pretty big record. So he falls ill with typhoid and dies just a month later. You're kidding. So he died on September 7th, 1920. So literally they were married for a month. There's no marriage police, like, suspicious about this woman? Not yet. So, of course, people started getting a little suspicious of how she had been married four times and now widowed four times within five years. Was there life insurance policies back then? You'll find out. Okay, keep going. This sparks a relative of her first husband, Robert Dooley, to look into these deaths. 
Earl Dooley was a chemist in Twin Falls, Idaho, and along with one other chemist and a physician, they discovered something strange about Robert and Ed Dooley's deaths. What they found was quite shocking. Any guesses on what it might be, Mariah? And those two died from the flu and diphtheria? Yep. No, the flu and typhoid. And typhoid. Oh, okay. Okay. Any guesses? Well, there's probably something more in their system that they needed to test. Yeah, so what they found was that both Robert and Ed had been murdered and not actually struck with illness like their death certificates show. Both men had been found with trace amounts of arsenic on them and in fact ended up dying due to arsenic poisoning. Not due to Not due to an illness. This then led to having three bodies to be exhumed. All were previous husbands of Lida, so her first three husbands, and her daughter Lorraine's body, and also her brother-in-law, Ed Dooley. It was said that most of the bodies had traces of arsenic, while the others were just suspected of arsenic poisoning due to how well the bodies were preserved. Because apparently they keep the bodies well preserved. They decompose as quickly. Now, what was Lida's motive? Any guesses, Mariah? You kind of already hinted at it earlier. Yeah, I, I would assume money, but why would she kill her own daughter? No idea. Didn't say why. So it was all due to life insurance policies. All four of her husbands had a life insurance policy that had her listed as the beneficiary. Overall, she was able to collect over $7,000 from the deaths of her three husbands. Did you look at that conversion rate to what it would be now? I did not. I should have, though. But I would assume it's probably millions or hundreds of thousands of dollars for sure. But so... That would be because there were six bodies because you said the brother and her daughter. Yes, but she didn't collect life insurance on either one of them. Her daughter was only like pretty much like one year old at the time of her death. And then her brother too? And her brother-in-law was, I didn't say how old he was, but he was a little bit younger than Robert, I'm assuming. The policies were $4,500 from her first husband, Robert Dooley, $500 from her second husband, William McCaffle, and then $5,000, which was only partially paid out for her third husband from Harlan Lewis. Was that because of suspicions? Yeah. And she actually did apply for life insurance policy for her fourth husband, but it got denied. Probably because of the suspicions of could her have, dead her Could three have dead been, husbands. yeah. And also maybe the fact that they were only married for a month, too. The marriage police did come in yeah. clutch. So when police went to arrest Lida, she was nowhere to be found in Idaho, though. This is because Lida would end up moving to California, where she then met her next husband, Paul Southard. Oh, no. Paul was a Navy man who was based in San Francisco, but she wasn't in California anymore when law enforcement went to find her there. Any guesses on where she might have moved to? Well, she's probably in the process of poisoning him, too. Maybe. So, law enforcement actually eventually did find Lida in Honolulu, and again, was married to Paul. This is because he got he was stationed in California when they first met. Oh, so he's in the military? He's in the Navy. Okay. And he ended up getting transferred to Honolulu. So that's why she was in Hawaii. What a great place to be transferred to. I know, right? Fantastic. Now, she did try to take out a life insurance policy on Paul as what he stated, but he refused as he was covered by the Navy. Oh, so he didn't. she didn't need to she take didn't one out need for to, him. But she wasn't the beneficiary either. Well, my question is, is when he, when, you know, like she's asking like, oh, hey, we really should get a life insurance policy out on you. Where's her marriage resume at that point? Like, where is... I know. Well, I'm assuming she, I mean, I'm not sure if she told him about her other husbands or how many, you know, she's had or that she's been widowed. I'm not too sure. It didn't say. But yeah, no, I definitely agree. Like, like it's kind of a out of the blue question, kind of, especially if they're just first married off the bat, right? Yeah, yeah. 
When she was arrested, Paul did say that she was a good wife to him and that she seemed like there was nothing going on. That's probably how all the men felt because if you think about it, not only did she widow quickly or murder quickly, but she also got married to these men quickly. Like there wasn't a long dating period. So the woman they knew, they knew in marriage. Yeah. And you want to have the best intentions when you're marrying somebody. So all these men, they only knew what they knew. No, definitely. She was then returned to Idaho for a trial which started on June 11, 1921. The trial lasted six weeks, and she was convicted of second-degree murder and sentenced to 10 years to life in prison in the old Idaho State Penitentiary. Wait, so this is in the early 1900s, and so she, if she was tried in Idaho, that was for the only the one husband. So yes. what about the other ones? So there was two husbands. In Idaho? In Idaho, yes, because her fourth husband was in Pocatello, Idaho. Oh, but then they and moved her first to one, California. And... She ended up moving to California afterwards. Oh, okay. This was where she ended up meeting her lover in prison, David Minton. Wait, so did she get divorced from the guy in the yes, Navy? Yes, they got divorced. They did? Yes. David had fallen in love with Lida in prison before he was released. Once released, David helped Lida escape from prison. You're kidding. No. Apparently, what from what I saw, they threw a ladder over the barbed wire, and pretty much she climbed a ladder over the barbed wire. What time of, like, what time? Is this in, like, the 1920s at yeah, this, this point? Yeah, this is 1921. Okay. Her, it's in the 1920s. It didn't say exactly, but her trial was in 1921. She has men wrapped around her finger. She does. Now, the two did not stay together long at all, but she did leave, so she left David alive. Wow, that's shocking. Which, when it came down to it, was part of her downfall. Law enforcement tracked David and Lida down to Denver, Colorado, but Lida, of course, wasn't living there anymore as she left David. So with David being angry at the fact that Lida did not want to be with him anymore and that she left, he was glad to tell police where she was living, and at this time she was living in Topeka, Kansas. Wow, so she really did leave. Yes, she did. Law enforcement caught up with her again in Kansas in the summer of 1932. At this point... 11 years later? 11 years she later. She had been escaped for that long? Yeah. At this point, who would have guessed the fact that she was married again after getting a divorce from Paul Southard? to a guy named Harry Whitlock. Her arrest had stunned her new husband, which is now husband number six. Harry had described her as a model wife, but I guess he did not really know too much about her. Yeah, he needed the marriage resume. As he would have most likely been her seventh victim in total and her fifth husband executed. She was, of course, put back into prison in Boise, but Lida was able to convince the warden of the prison to let her go on day trips to the local resorts, as well as special visitation hours to her sick mother. Oh my gosh, what does she have? Yeah, not only that, she was also able to go see pictures at the time, so movies also. What um, did her husband at that time divorce Also divorced, her? yes. So how long had she been married? It didn't by say. The, by the, oh, okay. Probably a few years, we would assume. Yeah, so an investigation was ran at the prison, which then the truth came out about Lida getting special treatment, which made the warden resign his duties, of course, right? Because he allowed Makes it to sense. happen. I never saw a year that Lida was released from prison, but she ended up moving to Salt Lake City, Utah, and changed her name to Anna Shaw, probably to get away from her heinous crimes under her name, Lida Southard. But she's Southard. probably passed away by now. Oh, yes. So this would be where she ended up dying of a heart attack in 1958. And then she was buried back in Idaho, where she grew up. So in 1958, how old was she when she died? She'd be so in she her was born in 1912 and... She died in Sorry, 19... she was born... It didn't say... I think she was born in 1898. 
So she would have been about 50, 60 years old, 50 yeah. years old. Yeah. Now that is the story of Lida Southard, the first female serial killer of Idaho. So do we know, did she get married again when she was living in Utah? From what I saw, she did get married, but it ended up in a divorce. And so did she die single? Um, that's what I'm assuming. She ended up dying single. So she had eight spouses she had in total. seven husbands and one daughter. Well, eight, including the one from Utah. No, only seven. She never married da- the David Minton. From Utah? No, the guy who helped her escape prison. Oh. Never, oh. Married, never married him. Okay. So, Mariah, why do you think that Lida wasn't suspected sooner when her husbands just started dying from the same thing, this supposed flu bug? I feel like it really could just be circumstantial where they don't have enough evidence to really convict her until they go and actually test further for arsenic. But they didn't have they didn't have evidence or like even an, a nudge of suspicion. But I feel like after two you would husbands think after are dying, two husbands who die kind of the same, the same symptoms way. slash kind of around the same time frame. And then not only that, her last, her third and fourth husband dying in such a short time frame of after they got married. Yeah, I'm thinking she really did not like the third one because he did not last very long. No, it was the fourth one. The fourth one only lasted a month. Well, the third one lasted... The third one lasted three months. I mean, mean, still, yeah. Either way, I think I would have been getting a little... I know it's still, you know, at that time, of course, modern medicine nowadays has definitely helped with a lot of these diseases that were back then. It was a good excuse. It was, and this is why she thought she could get away with it. Yeah. Do you think that Lida might have killed her last two husbands if they did take out an insurance policy, life insurance policy as well? I don't know because like because she had suspicion already against her, she wouldn't have been able to cash out the money anyways because those insurance companies well, would not have cashed out. Well, yeah, not only that, like I also think that they they might she might have killed them still, but yes, like you said, they there might not no have cashed. They value might in well, it. they she wouldn't know if they cashed it out until after they were dead. And the thing is too is like then police would be involved. Yeah, and. You got to think that if they see that it's her name again, this is why she probably changed. She changed her name a lot from getting married, of course. And so, who knows? Changing her name again in Utah. Yeah. Like, that's what, that's kind of what shocks me is how she didn't do more after her name change. Yeah. But then again, life insurance policies can be tracked. Like, insurance companies have policies set in stone. They have plenty of ways to backtrack. Yeah. For those. So... And that's, again, ultimately what ended up being her demise was the life insurance policies. Yeah, which is great. It is great. Yeah, it's awesome that the police actually did that. And, of course, I feel like she definitely should have served more time than second-degree murder because clearly, from what I could tell, it was very thought out and things like that. But she was only convicted of the one. And I think she only ever confessed to killing one of her husbands. She never actually confessed to killing any of the others. Well, which is sad because her daughter was killed, brother-in-law, and then four spouses. Like, that's a lot of death surrounding, like, a same denominator, which is her. Yes, and that's why I feel like I'm, I was wondering why it wasn't caught sooner. But again, it was, it was one of those things, 1900s early 1900s, too. to where they probably didn't have the... Um, medical terminology quick enough, I guess, is the, yeah. the thing I'm trying to say. They didn't have it quick enough to get to the, that area fast enough. Well, they didn't have the technology and testing advances that we do now to where they could have tested the poisoning earlier and somehow tied it back to her. Yeah. 
Well, thank you for listening to Couple of Criminals. I do want to mention our corgi has been laying underneath us this entire episode. So if you hear some snoring because he is literally a grumpy old man, we apologize. That is just our corgi oats. Please download, like, share, and subscribe. And we will see you back here next week where I will be reviewing a crime from Illinois. Until then, this is your Couple of Criminals. Signing off.